Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study each day, only about 13 minutes, but it gets us into God's Word and thereby helps us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But it also keeps Focus keeps us focused on our relationship with God and upon our souls. Helps us to have a more spiritual, positive, productive mindset to be able to deal with life every day. Now, we always encourage you to share these short studies every day with everybody you can. You know people in your life who need to turn their thinking, their focus in life around. They need to get into God's Word. They need to grow their faith. They need to start thinking about their relationship with the Heavenly Father. Help them by sharing these short studies with them. You can do that easily through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. But make that commitment and start sharing every day with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, literally with everybody you can every day. You may help somebody turn their lives around. You may help somebody get to heaven. That'll be a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study. We're looking at the, the opposite side of the ledger, so to speak, with our question initially that we looked at over the first three sections of this study, asking the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, we said the bottom line answer is sin. Sin changed everything. When, man became, when mankind became sinful, everything changed. We also talked about how we ascribe goodness to people who are not necessarily good people in God's eyes. And so we need to recognize that sometimes we think, well, bad things are happening to good people, but in God's eyes, those are not necessarily good people. Then we looked at a number of contributing factors, all kinds of things that contribute in some cases, in some people's lives, to bad things happening, even to truly good people. People get sick. People die. People have injuries. Sometimes even, very, even truly good people, good faithful Christians, well, they just make a mistake and make a bad decision in some particular situation, and that brings bad consequences. Probably every one of us have gotten into some kind of relationship where we thought this was a good relationship until later we found out, boy, did I make a mistake. Bad consequences. Sometimes people get, good people get caught. They're innocent, but they get caught in the fallout of somebody else's bad decision. And then sometimes there are just things in life that happen as being part of life in this world. And we can't get away from some of those. As surely as we are born into this world, we're going to die unless the Lord comes again first. Hebrews chapter 9, it is appointed unto men to die once, but after this comes the judgment. Well, with death goes all kinds of things that we would say are bad situations or bad experiences like pain and suffering and sickness. And then a lot of times the agony of prolonged dying. In this particular section, we have turned the question around and we're, we're asking, why do good things happen to bad people? Well, first, why do bad things happen to good people? Now, why do good things happen to bad people? And both of these questions 
are prevalent in people's minds on an ongoing basis. Why do good things happen to bad people? Well, we looked at a couple of different psalms, Psalm 73 and also Psalm 10, where the psalmist posed that particular scenario. I look around me and I see bad people, wicked people, evil people, ungodly people, and they're prospering. They're getting away with their wickedness. Nothing seems to be happening to them. But ultimately, both of those psalmists, they came around full circle, and they, they finally stated, yeah, but God, you know what's going on. And they're not getting away with it. They're on a slippery slope, and unless they repent, they're going to have to pay the consequences through your judgment. Now, God wants all to come to repentance, 2 Peter 3 and verse 9. But we have to make up our mind to come to repentance. We cannot stay in our ungodly lifestyles and hope somehow that God's going to say, it's all right. No problem. Don't worry about it. You're forgiven. No. Repentance precedes forgiveness. And repentance means literally a change of mind that leads to a change in lifestyle. Simply put, (laughs) repent means stop it. Well, we want to look at some passages in the New Testament that point out the folly that some people might kind of develop in their mindset that, well, if other people are going to get away with it, I'm just going to get into that kind of lifestyle too. Why should I live a, why should I try to live a godly life if people who are not making any effort to live a godly life. They're living sinful lives, and they're prospering. They're getting away with it. Why don't don't I just go that course myself? No, that's not going to work. Again, they're on a slippery slope. God is going to hold them accountable. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10, all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ and give account of the things done in the body, whether good or bad. So we'll all have to stand before our Lord's judgment seat. In 2 Peter chapter 2, beginning with verse 20, the Apostle Peter wrote this, For if, after they have escaped the pollution of the world, through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. So somebody learns the truth of God's word, they repent, they're baptized into Christ for the remission of their sins, but then they get distracted by the temptations of the devil and they're seeing people doing things that are ungodly all around them and seeming like seemingly nothing's happening to them and, and they may be struggling themselves to try to live a godly life and they finally just give in. Well, Peter says, if that's the case, after they've escaped the pollutions of the world, after they've escaped the judgment of sin, the consequences of sin, and they've been forgiven, and they go back into a sinful lifestyle, Peter says the latter end is worse than the beginning for them. For it would have been better for them if they had not known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit, and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. Now, those are certainly repulsive images of a person who has been cleansed of the guilt of his sin by the blood that his Lord and Savior shed on that cross. 
by God's sacrifice of his own son. And then he goes back into the muck and the mire of sin again. It's like a dog who has been made sick by something he ate. He vomits it up and then he goes back and eats the vomit. That which made him sick. Or like a sow who has been washed, cleansed, and then as soon as that sow is turned loose, goes right back into the mud hole and gets all muddy again. No, that makes no sense whatsoever. In Romans chapter 1, verse 18, the apostle Paul wrote, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. You see, again, God knows exactly what's going on. And those who think they're getting away with living wicked lifestyles, sinful lifestyles, they're not getting away with anything. God's holding them account. He's keeping score. In the 28th verse, of Romans chapter 1. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Huh. And then verse 32, who, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do them, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. But when we look at the closing verses, almost, of the Revelation, in Revelation 21 and verse 8, we read that the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, now the list could go on. This is just a representative list of sinful lifestyles and practices, shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. In other words, eternal condemnation in hell. That awaits the unrighteous, the ungodly person living the lifestyle continually of sinfulness. In first Peter chapter, I'm sorry, first Timothy chapter one, uh, chapter four, verses one and two, the apostle Paul says the spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Well, there are a lot of people there who have so, they have so uh, just exposed their conscience to wickedness in their own lives that their conscience just doesn't work very well anymore. Remember what we read back in... Um, Psalm 10, the person, he has become so caught up in ungodliness that God's not even in his thoughts anymore. You see, that's, an ab that's the product of an abused conscience, a conscience that an individual abuses over and over and over and over again. It becomes like it's just seared over with a hot iron. In other words, there's no feeling left anymore in that conscience. God has instilled within us because we are spiritual beings as well as physical beings. We have a soul. He's instilled within us this conscience, which is supposed to act like a governor, so to speak, 
to guide us, to warn us when we're in, de- in the danger zone spiritually. But if a person abuses his conscience on a repeated basis, his conscience can become to the point where it has no more feeling. We've got to be careful about that. Ultimately, as we have been reading, bad things are going to happen to bad people at the judgment. Those who have not repented of their sins, they need to wake up. They need to come to their senses. Let us not become deceived. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us the way to come to you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to repent of our sins, confess our faith in him, and be cleansed of the guilt of our sins through, through baptism into him for the remission of our sins. Thank you, Father, for making that way. Father, help people to see their need to go down that pathway themselves and to not let the devil continue to deceive them into thinking that evil is good, that they're okay in their sinfulness and wickedness. Help them to see the danger of judgment on the horizon. Please, Father, we pray. Please forgive us, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.